to be able to take it to that next level. That's what I'm excited about. Mills, quick pass. Nico at the five. Nico in the end zone. The dagger. And Grenard with the sack back at the 25-yard line. Touchdown, Houston. Rock and roll. Tremont Smith, coast to coast. There is no offseason for your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. Now, it's Texans All-Access. Oh, you better believe it is. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you tonight live as we will keep track of everything going on in free agency, reading that ticker, dated reference, reading the ticker, ticker (laughs) tape, the way the stock market used to be followed, right? Johnny, it's on. Here we are. League year begins tomorrow. Obviously, we're in the legal tampering or negotiating period. Plenty of stuff breaking The team will not announce anything until it's all said and done, I believe, unless something huge goes down, and you know what that could be. Although, maybe they wait for the league year to begin for that, too. The point is this. There's a lot of news breaking. We'll give you the reports. We'll comment. We will react because, man, you're starting to see some elements of the team take shape, but we have a long way to go, still in free agency, and obviously with the draft as well. And I think that's really the most important thing here as far as player acquisition. But the trade, the potential trade, the trade when it happens, if and when, that's obviously the biggest story. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, and it's, it's been crazy. I mean, obviously, you, you, you hit it. Anything that we talk about is not going to be followed with a statement from the team. So these are all sources that have gotten it from agents. Maybe they've gotten it from the player himself. So just that's very key to keep in mind because if you were on Cowboys All Access last night, you were talking about Randy Gregory staying with the Dallas Cowboys, and then you had to come back and go, oh, but wait, he's not going to be in Dallas. He's going to Denver. Which Randy Gregory in Denver is probably about the best fit could possibly be if you know anything about Randy Gregory. So there's that. But Randy Gregory going out to Denver opposite Bradley Chubb. Oh, boy. Uh, and we face those guys. AFC West um, continues to just get just nutty. But there's, there's so much, Mark, on uh, – I mean, if you just did a timeline last 24 hours, just the last 24 hours from the time we started our show last night, to right now, there were two teams that met with a quarterback. Then this morning we found out that there was a third team lurking that plays on the lake. And then there was a fourth team that has um, maybe a homeboy advantage because it's right in the backyard. And it's like, okay, this thing continues to mushroom. But Mm -hmm. as I heard about the Falcons today, you know I was in the car going, I told you. I told you it was NFC South. I told you it was the NFC South and had the Bucks not gotten Tom Brady to come back, which kind of we just oh let fly gosh. well over the radar because we were on so many other things. If Tom Brady doesn't come back, the Bucks are probably in that thing too. The NFC South is just like, no, no, no. We want him. No, we want him. We want him. Okay, let them fight it out and then bring back all of the draft picks and players or whatever else in return. It's just been crazy. But, Mark, Mark, that's not – that's not all that's going on today. Every hour to 90 minutes, you looked up and it's like, oh, my gosh, this happened. Oh, they're retaining this guy. Oh, this guy's restructuring his contract. It's been, it's been nutty. But as you start to look at it, you go, hmm, okay. I start to see how this is coming together. 
And that doesn't even take into account the 10 to 12 potential draft picks that are going to happen over draft weekend, which get me really excited at that point. So it's been a really wild day uh, following up on Monday. And tomorrow might be the exact same as we approach the actual start of the league year. Well, look, it's just you and me talking here, right? And I know everybody's curious about what's going to happen. Of course you are. The Atlanta thing did surprise me, not because, I mean, obviously it's the hometown. I mean, that does factor into the equation, but because of the Matt Ryan situation contractually and otherwise, and you wonder about that because I think Matt Ryan can still play in this league. Now, if Matt Ryan was coming back, that's kind of strange for this setup here in that where are you going, right? Because you're building, you're, you're launching something from the ground up, and at his age, is he really a part of that? But Matt Ryan, to me, is the kind of quarterback who could help, say, the Colts or somebody like that. Not that I want to see him go there, because I think that would be a big boost for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's almost the perfect team for him if you just talk about that quarterback, Johnny. Matt Ryan to the Colts. Set up, run the football, make some throws, make some clutch throws. Look, you're talking about a former MVP here. Yes. And I don't know what's going to happen if that deal goes down with that team when we're talking about this team. Mm-hmm. But, man, that, Cleveland, what happens to Mayfield, one year left. Uh, obviously, the other two. You know, everybody's got their pluses and minuses for both sides, for the Texan side of looking at things and for the Watson side of looking at things. That's what makes this so compelling, and we're on edge. I hated to hear that there was another meeting tomorrow, reportedly, because I'm thinking, come on, can we get this thing done? But you want the right thing to happen, whatever that is. You want the right return. You want the right situation. You want, I hate to say, everybody to be happy, because most of all, I want to be happy. So let's just see how it plays out. Well, that's most important. Um, and that's what I have been thinking about this entire time <laughs> is what what would make uh, Mark happy. And that's sure. how I that's how I've gone about thinking about this, um, which is not all that far from the truth, to be honest with you. But it is what what makes us happy. But you're right. I, I you know, we we did this um, was I think 2018. I think we did this. Mm-hmm. We did kind of a quarterback roulette. We kind of do it every year, but we do. Oh, yeah. Um, we do quarterback roulette. Okay, where's this guy going to end up? Where's this guy going to end up? Who's going to end up here? Where's this guy going to go? And I remember 2018, I knocked it out of the park. I had it. Or maybe it's 2017. I knocked it out of the park. I had them all going in the right spot. I had everybody um, you know, go in the right spot. The only one I didn't have was the Bills ending up with uh, Josh Allen. So it was 2018. I didn't have the Bills uh, with Josh Allen. So that was about the only one. If we did quarterback roulette for this, I got no clue. I got none. I got none. The only thing I had really was I felt like with the way things were shaping up in the NFC South, I felt like that was going to be where there was a lot of competition in large part because I've said all along Carolina. I, you know, seeing the news today about Tyrod going up to the New York Giants. I mean, if you're a Giants fan, and I mean, we talked to John Schmelk, who is fantastic. He was one of the better guests we've had. He was fantastic. Yeah. But. Did you get the feeling from him that Giants fans are all that jazzed up about Daniel Jones? And no. if Jones, if Jones uh, struggles, then it's Tyrod's show. Do you think they're excited about that? I mean, I'd be more excited about Tyrod, to be honest with you, than Daniel Jones. I've, I've seen the Daniel Jones show before, and it's not great. So do I want to see Tyrod? I mean, I don't understand why the Giants wouldn't want to get back in that conversation. And look, maybe they are. But, 
just because things are reported, they was reported these teams. Well, that doesn't mean that there haven't been others kind of lurking in the weeds, calling somebody maybe they know down here in Houston, going, "Hey, what's what's really the situation? Is this you think it's something we could get into?" I mean, that stuff is happening all the time, and it may not it may not ever make its way out to the media, especially if there are particular people that don't want it out in the media. So from that standpoint, I think there are going to be a lot of people uh, trying to make a make a play. And that's why I, I'm with you, Mark. I'd like to see something done before the start of the new league year tomorrow. Right. But, and I, you know, from a salary cap standpoint, all that kind of stuff comes into play. And that's why the Brady situation had to work itself out because it becomes a whole different ball of wax, if you will, uh, from a salary cap situation. So I'm, I'm just as interested as everybody else. But like I said, Mark, big news with LT, news about players being retained, two contracts in particular uh, that I was excited about, and new players being added to the mix. All of that happening today, even without movement of the quarterback. Yeah, and I want to get to those, those uh, transactions, if you will, today. New guys, guys who were here, who are going to remain here. I think that that's a bit of a theme here that maybe was unexpected by some, but yeah. it makes sense when you look at it closely. And as we point out, you're building a 90-man roster right now. You're not building a 53 just yet, but you know that there are some guys who are going to be on that 53, if healthy, no doubt about it. But back to the whole uh, trade scenario here, Johnny. Uh, the whole thing feels odd because it's not quite free agency but it's not a straight trade, obviously, with the no trade clause. So you yes. have recruitment taking place here. I mean, you have actual <laughs> yes. recruiting going yes. on. And maybe it's just it's not kicking tires. It's, uh, you know, you want to look the guy in the eye if you're one of these yeah. teams that wants to wheel and deal. So it's maybe mutual, if you will. Uh, but it has that feel to it. It has a recruitment type of feel. And if you really, you know, one of these teams, whoever it might be who wants him most, anybody else coming into the fray at this point, are they driving up the price? Are they serious? How much is the other team going to not panic but, you know, be inspired to give more? I mean, there are a lot of different factors at play here. And the clause itself and the timing with which it gets okayed or or deleted or whatever you would do with it, and I don't know how that works. Do you sign a little? Do you do a little docu sign like that? Eh, the clause is off for these two teams or whatever. I don't know how they do that. I'm really curious, uh, but I'm not going to bother Nick with that right now because I think he's busy. Like if I went to his office right now, he might say, "Unless you're delivering food, and it better be the yeah. right kind of food, get out," uh, because he's a little busy right now. So. Again, we'll keep you posted. Anything that develops during this show here, any of our shows, obviously you've been listening to Sports Radio 610 all day long. Johnny, you brought it up, and it happened within the last hour and a half or whatever it was, that Laramie Tunsil tweeted out the Wolf of Wall Street scene where DiCaprio says, I'm not leaving, and he uses some colorful language. Okay, we've all seen that. <laughs> That's a fantastic gif. It's great. It's a great scene. But Laramie's not leaving. Laramie, reportedly the subject of some trade rumors, he says he's not going anywhere. So Laramie at left, Titus at right. Are we good to go here? And what does that do with the number three pick? Because you have some very attractive offensive linemen high. Your thoughts on the LT situation and how it affects the whole thing. It's so funny because that was the exact first thing. LT restructured. And then I went, cool. 
what do we do with number three? It was the ex- – I mean, it was that exact – it happened just like that. Like, all right, LT's coming back. I – you know, we've talked about it in the office. Okay, because that's that's what you do. You talk about these things. You talk about, yeah. okay, Titus played pretty well left tackle. If they wanted to or if they if they could, if they did, would it make sense? Maybe not. Maybe so. I'm glad LT's back because you got a quarterback just going into his second year. He hasn't had a full year as a starter. And to know that your blind side is taken care of for the most part. I mean, they uh, Laramie played Thursday night in Buffalo, which was just an atrocious mess. And then he got hurt early in the fifth game. So he's only played a couple of games with Davis. And he really wasn't playing with the, the good Davis, if you will. So maybe Davis gets comfortable with Laramie over there. You put Titus back at right. Okay, let's rock. And those two have been tweeting uh, at one another for all of us, which is kind of nice. So now you start thinking about number three. And Evan Neal and uh, Iki Aquanu are tremendous players. They both, both can play guard. There's no question both of them can play guard. They both add a bunch of nasty to your offensive line. But do I want to do it at number three to go get a guard? If it's Quentin Nelson, and Nelson didn't go until he's six, Nelson's the best guard, mm-hmm. arguably, we've seen since John Hanna. So, and that was at number six. So, at number three, do you do it? I don't know. I go back to, and the thought that I've had, okay, let's, do any of these free agent signings send off a signal? And what I mean by that is, okay, Let's look at these by position real fast. Wide receiver, they've added two. They, they re-signed Conley and more. Uh, tight end, they've brought back Farrell Brown and Anthony Auclair. Offensive line, they're bringing back Justin Britt. They're bringing back Laramie Tunsil. Uh, they already had Justin McCray in the mix. They just signed or are going to sign A.J. Can. Uh, so maybe not offensive line. Now running back, they haven't done much with. They've got Rex and they have Scotty. And those are the guys that they have in their running back room right now, along with Darius Anderson, who was added late. So not much is done at running back, but you're not going to do running back at number three. But here's the one to me that kind of stood out. On the defensive line, they've only added Obo Okruanquo today, um, the young man from A-Leaf Taylor, which is good to see. Right. Now they have added Malik Collins, but they haven't done a ton on the outside other than Obo. So does that tell you, okay, number three is in play for an edge rusher? Well, here's the other position is safety. Because they've re-signed Terrence Brooks, but they lost Justin Reed. They lost A.J. Moore. They did bring in M.J. Stewart, and they uh, yes. are trying to restructure with Eric Murray. But Kyle Hamilton's sitting there, and he's one of the better playmakers in the country at number three. And I've been saying it for months. He's my number one. He will be my number one in the Harris 100. He already is. He will be. There won't be anything that changes it uh, going forward. He is number one, and I could see him being number three, and you put him in Lovey Smith's defense behind what's going on in front of him. I think that could be a really interesting piece. It feels like they've added at other positions, but they need to add more at safety because they've lost a couple of players, and they've brought in MJ Stewart. I get that. Uh, but it feels like they're an inside linebacker or off-the-ball linebacker. They brought back Christian Kirksey, and they have Garrett Wallow. But, and Tay Davis, they've also uh, re-signed. They haven't done a lot there, but I don't think you can make a case for a linebacker of that ilk at number three. But you can make a case for Kyle Hamilton. And you can make a case for an Aiden Hutchinson. I don't know that he gets to three. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau would be a stretch. Trayvon Walker from out of Georgia, I would love. And I would love him at three. 
I think he would be a mean SOB who is violent, who could play opposite John Grenard, which would be really, really fun down the road. So I thought about that. I think it takes them out of the Iquanu slash Neal sweepstakes, if you will. And I think it puts a focus on finding a defensive playmaker to go along with the guys that you've just resigned and added. Well, if you're going to go best athlete available, maybe it is Hamilton. It is Hamilton. And then I can make all sorts of Hamilton references, right? Yes, you can. I'm seeing Hamilton this weekend again. I've seen it once. It's been in Houston for a while now, a few weeks. And I want to make some Hamilton references. Yes. So maybe it's going to be him. Look, best athlete available. You're picking at three. Yes. If he is that special at his position, for instance, is he more special at his position than anybody else would be at theirs at three with the possible exception of Hutchinson dropping, right? But I don't even know because you still have Hamilton rated higher. So let's just see how it goes. Uh, And we have a long way to go before the draft relatively here. It's actually not that long, but we're still knee-deep here in these negotiations, acquisitions. League year starts at 3 p.m. tomorrow central, so uh, we'll make some of these official and be able to talk more about them. All right, Johnny. Uh, other things going on, well, there's plenty going on here. I, I haven't even gotten to the rest of the AFC South yet and what the Jags are doing. We didn't even talk about that much yesterday. Uh, there was so much going on with the Texans. You know, we're all on pins and needles with the Watson trade possibilities and all of that. And by the way, I want to bring this up because I got some messages today. Why do you keep saying, and this I'm doing an amalgam of okay. them, why do you keep saying, you know, if the trade gets done? I don't really say that that much. But look, here's the fact, and I know there is, you know, there's a contingent of people holding out hope of reconciliation, of patching up the wounds, of letting the water flow under the bridge and moving on together. Look, it's my personal opinion, and this is an opinion, the marriage is over, okay? That if that was going to happen, it would have happened already. I'm always open to the possibility of great things happening, and in the realm of possibility, this does exist, right? Because it's not the craziest thing. You're not landing a paper airplane on the moon. This is not the craziest (laughs) thing you could possibly think of, right? I get that. It just doesn't seem like the parties are in position to reconcile. You understand? So this is going to go down, and it's a matter of when and not if, and we're just waiting. Yeah, and it's uh, a... Of course, and it's such a it's such a massive situation. You want to make sure that it's it's the way that we present it on the radio is right. Like we don't come out and say, "Oh, they traded him the Browns," and then we got taken by Adar Schefter on Twitter. You know what I mean? I mean, we want to, you know, we don't want to be we want to be taken. We want to be able to report uh. the the news as it would be. Because how many people have been? You're tweeting about certain things, and I can't tell you the number of trade things I've seen and which ones are coming from people just sort of guessing or playing around and which ones are coming from people that actually heard something. I mean, so I, it, it's – yeah, and, and to your point, you know, Larry and Stafford's got to get out of your DMs because it's just – it's not going to happen. Um, and I – God bless no, Larry. But look, I he's him. a passionate guy. No, no, and that's fine. what I was going to say. He is. He's a passionate guy, and I and I and I get it. We've all wanted to see a great quarterback, but you know when the marriage is over. You you put it perfectly. You know when the marriage is over, and been sleeping in different bedrooms, much less the same house over the last uh, how many ever houses. months. Now, quibble with how you got to that point. 
unfortunately, you got to that point. So, um, it, it, you know, it is what it is. And so, all right, well, what, what can be done to make both parties pleased and moved on? And so you start, I mean, I, Mark, I know all, all day, I mean, in my head, I'm just like, okay, well, what if they made this deal? Well, what if they made this deal? What if they made this deal? Well, what if they did this? I mean, I worked out a whole scenario where they traded with Carolina, and then I took six, and I traded it to the Chargers for two picks <laughs> and a future first, and then I ran a draft on it to see what I could do and what I would come up with. <laughs> so, yeah, I texted that to Drew, Drew and I've been trading those back and forth. But I didn't want to send it to you because I knew you would tell me the same thing. It's not done yet. I know it's not done yet, but we're just kind of playing around here. But yeah, oh, I kinda... saw some today that I liked. I saw one with Carolina that I really liked a lot. Yeah, and I was thinking, oh, please make that Man. one happen. But you know, you can't, you just don't know until you get you did, there. Yeah. And and you don't want to get set Lord. up for failure for like, oh my god, I thought it was going to be this, and then it turns out to be something right. different. I mean, so you just let it work itself out, and you just continue to build the roster with hopefully. Uh, a boat ton of draft picks that you're going to get back. And then, as we saw last year, Nick moved up and down the draft board. He moved up and down and up and down, up and down. And so, with some picks, I mean, even with number three, if you said, okay, here's the player I'd want, but if there was a team that wanted to dance and say, hey, come on, move down. Here's what, we, here's what we're willing to offer you. All right, we'll move out of three. We'll move down to, I don't know, nine, ten. Maybe Joe Douglas calls Nick and is like, hey, man, let's make, let's make a deal. Uh, and you know, three for 10 and then there's other things involved and you just built, you know, that's how you, you build this thing back up with a bunch of first round picks. If you think about, and I know you know this, but if you think about the, the Texans in, I don't know, so let's, let's just say 2018, for instance, uh, no, that's probably too late. Maybe 2017 is a good stopping point. You had Dwayne Brown in 08. You had Cushing in 09. You had Cream at 10. Uh, you had, I don't know, some goofy Wisconsin dude in 11. You had Whitney in 12. You had Hop in 13. Uh, you had Clowney in 14. You hit on all those first-round picks. You hit on them. Yeah. And you had a team that could contend because you had those first-round picks that were elite players, and Rick and his staff assessed them properly. They came here. They meshed well, and away you go. Now, time eventually, you know, erodes that roster uh, for different reasons, but you have to build it with elite talent. Even if you look at the Patriots in the years that they won, yeah, they had Tom Brady, I get that. But they had Randy Moss on the team. You look at the front, they had Richard Seymour, he was a first-rounder. Vince Wilfork was a first-rounder. Devin uh, McCourty was a first-rounder. They had first-round elite talent all over the place. Well, you're about to make a deal where you're not only going to get your first-rounders, but hopefully you're going to get others as well. And that, with elite talent, can hopefully get you going in the right direction. All right, we have a lot to cover here. Uh, I want to get to some of the other teams around the league. I want to get to some of the other players that are back or are new. Uh, Okoronkwo, that's his name, right? <laughs> yes. Obo Okoronkwo. Okay, yes. All right, see? All right, got to get this down. Now, he is interesting to me because, obviously, a local guy, and this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun to have him on the squad. We'll see how that goes. You mentioned MJ Stewart. Just have to get to some thumbnails on them. 
and just some other things happening with this really busy period occurring right now in the NFL with the league year starting tomorrow at 3. It's trade watch. It's free agent watch. It's all of it here on Texans Radio. Stay tuned for more on the Houston Texans and the NFL on Texans All Access. Teachers and parents, are you looking for an educational resource to keep your students engaged? The Houston Texans Toro and ConocoPhillips have partnered together to provide Toro's Math Drills. Toro's Math Drills is a free video series that will challenge your students to math topics like fractions, multiplication, division, and place value, all while having fun. Sign up today for free at HoustonTexans.com on the Kids School Program page and run your students through Toro's Math Drills, presented by ConocoPhillips. Go Texans! Go Texans! Go Texans! Go! We return to Texans All Access. All right, so Johnny and I have dogs on Twitter. All right, I tweeted out a picture of my dog and me in the backyard and the dog wanting to know what's happening with free agency. You doubled down with a dog as well. That's your pup. Uh, as you quote tweeted that, Texans pup has responded. And we started this a couple of weeks ago at the Combine with the uh, service dog tweets that we had. So I think it's going to be a theme, Johnny. We're going to go dogs in this offseason because why not? Anyway, yeah, it's Texans All Access, free agency, fast, furious, fantastic in some cases, trade watch, all of it happening. We're live. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris. Johnny, you mentioned Tyrod Taylor going to the Giants. That's pretty chunky money. All right, and good for him to get it. And we like Tyrod. He's a good guy. Happy for him that he got that gig behind Daniel Jones. I'm a little surprised, as you are, that they did it because I'm thinking, don't you want an option that can – I know that Tyrod can back up and play if necessary, but maybe somebody who could flourish into something even greater, right, even greater than Daniel Jones. Yes. Possibly. I don't know. They have draft capital to work with. Uh, or do you draft a guy later? Do you draft a Kirk Cousins type, you know, fourth, fifth round, somebody who might be able to turn into something? Zap- Where's Zappy going in the draft? Where's our buddy yeah, Zappy from Western three. Kentucky I think going? He's probably, uh, you're, I mean, that's, a, that's not a, a bad spot to be thinking about fourth-ish, probably fourth, fifth range for mm-hmm. a guy like Bailey Zappy. I mean, obviously I am – um, inclined to look at a guy like EJ Perry from my alma mater and think he could yep. be a guy teams will look at in the fifth, sixth round, probably sixth round. Um, from that standpoint, I, I don't. It's you know, it's interesting. Kirk Cousins. Thinking back to that draft in 2012, I think Cousins was one of those guys you kind of look at and think, man, was he just completely and totally underrated? And I think a guy that could fall into that category this year might be a Carson Strong. Carson Strong from out of Nevada. 6'4", 215, 220, a plus arm, makes pretty much every throw on the field, not a mobile guy at all. And that sets him back a little bit because he is pretty much a pocket slot. But from that standpoint, he's decently athletic. <laughs> he could throw it. Um, and maybe that's a guy the Giants, you know, Brian Dayball sinks his teeth into and goes, hey, man, okay, this could be the, the version of Kirk Cousins. Um and what you obviously mean by that is an early day three guy that can come in and, and give you something. I mean, it's not over for the Giants with just Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor. I can't believe Joe Shane is going to just go, we're good, we're good, we're good. I can't believe uh, – no, he's a new GM. There's no way. He's not going right. to do that. Um, he's got some ammunition with, I think, picks five and seven, I think. 
Um, he's got a couple in the top ten, if I remember correctly. But yeah. point being, they can they can do some maneuvering, and maybe they could find a maybe they could find one of these quarterbacks in the first round later, kind of move around a little bit and find one a little bit later in the twenties. Maybe they can find one down there, and that would be the right fit. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting but tonight tight. for sure. But Tyrod's making really solid backup money. I mean, this yeah. is not just a flyer. This is entrenched backup-type money, which I found surprising from the Giants. But, look, that's their issue. But it's the Texans' issue in that, look, we were completely closing the door, you and I weren't, to a return of Taylor right. to be the backup. I mean, I didn't think it was going to happen, but I thought it could happen. Well, Jeff Driscoll's going to make it a go at quarterback again, but he's not going to be the backup to Davis Mills in all likelihood. No, somebody so. else is coming in here. Are you drafting somebody? Are you getting a veteran? I know you want somebody who you could so-called plug and play should something happen to Davis, but I like this idea, again, of having somebody who could flourish into something even greater, possibly. There's no guarantee, obviously, but – I hate to call it a flyer even. I just want to I just want to have a guy who could possibly develop into a really good NFL player, at least a really good backup NFL quarterback. Yeah, I am I'm, I'm with you. Uh you know, a guy that would be perfect for us would be a guy like Colt McCoy. The Cardinals. He's had to step in last year. I think he won two or three ball games when he had to step in for Kyler Murray. You know, another guy one. that another guy that I would I would consider now. I don't know what his contractual situation is. And I'm, I, I should know it because his, his uh, agent's tamper. a buddy of mine, is Andy Dalton. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, he's an unrestricted free agent. And Andy's from Katy, from here. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the kind of guy I think would be a really good mentor to Davis Mills. I don't know that he's had any connection with Pep Hamilton. And that's the other thing you got to keep in mind is where yep. are the connections? Where are the connections to Pep Hamilton? At what point did he Andrew have? Andrew Luck. Just and- kidding. That would be interesting. <laughs> um, where are the connections to to Pep Hamilton around the league? Uh, where I was going to say, were there any with the Chargers? Well, when he was the Chargers, it was Tyrod. So uh, it can't be there. How about the Colts? Uh, Curtis Painter, uh, the Hassel. I'm trying to no. think who all was there when he was there. But point being, that's that's the other thing is how do you you know can you connect the dots between Pep Hamilton yeah. and someone? Uh, but a guy like Andy Dalton, zone restricted free agent. <laughs> I, I don't know what his is he st- is he because I have him with the Bears. Let's see. No, is this he this says he's an unrestricted free agent. Oh, interesting. Well, you so, never know. Uh, you never know if they go wrong. that direction of guy who started a ton of games in the National Football yep. League who could play for you if you needed if you him to, to, or yes. a much younger player who might be maybe he's a veteran, but he's a younger player who still has a lot of room for improvement. You've yeah. seen the best of Andy Dalton, so oh, yeah. I'm not sure if that's where they want to go with that backup position, but uh, it's out there now because Taylor is a giant. You have Driscoll here, but again, he's going from quarterback to tight end, back to quarterback, recovering from an injury. We'll see how that goes. All right, some thumbnails on some players here, Johnny, if you will. Okay. I looked at the Abwehi and A.J. Can signings as, and again, this is all reports or whatever. I want to be clear on that. But I looked at that as depth and insurance and yes. that kind of thing. I'm not so sure you're sliding those guys right into the starting lineup, particularly since we don't even know what the draft capital will be after the big trade, and there are some attractive offensive linemen available up high. Yes, th- very true. I would think the only – uh, three things you probably know. Uh, two of them, 
uh, I would say for sure. Your left tackle is Laramie Tunsil. Your right tackle is Titus Howard. I would imagine those are the two things you know about your offensive line. Justin Britt, you would think, is going to be the starter at center. You would, you would. But think. Jimmy played well. Jimmy, Jimmy did uh, step up and do some things. And look, both Britt and Morris. I mean, everybody, everybody's got their own, their own things. I mean, even Laramie. I mean, Laramie can improve in the run game. There's no doubt um, to get a little bit more displacement in the run game. But from that standpoint, the two things you would know for sure: Tunsil, Howard, they man the edges. That you know. On the inside, Justin McCray. Uh, he's still around. You got Max Sharping still around, and Max played better the last half of the year. Um, I think there are some interior players. Oh, then you mentioned A.J. Can, who played a lot in Jacksonville for George yep. Warhop. And we've said this before, feeling comfortable. You're a new coach in a situation. You want to feel comfortable with the guys in the room. Well, you look there and you see a guy that you've been in the room with for the last three years. So that is always uh, very helpful. Um, so you've got that situation. But to me, you've got interior offensive line. you still got to figure that out. I think you still have to figure that out, who's playing guard. I think you can be better at the guard positions, whether that's improvement with guys you have on the roster or finding some young guys. And there are some young interior offensive linemen in this draft class that I really, really like, whether it's Jamari Sawyer from out of Georgia who bump into guard, Dylan Parham from Memphis, uh, who I think it just continues to rise. Those are two guys that I definitely have my eyes on. Uh, on the interior, Zion Johnson from Boston College may eventually get into the bottom of the first round, but he's sitting there at 35. Man, jump all over Zion Johnson from out of Boston College, who's got a ton of position versatility but can be a day-one starter at guard, and you wouldn't have to move him for the next 10 to 12 years. He's got like a, he's got like a, a one handicap in golf. Like He's a tremendous golfer and started Ooh. his career at Davidson. And then went to Boston College, just put on a show at the Senior Bowl. It's fantastic. And he played the whole week at center. So Zion Johnson, if he's sitting there at 35, I would jump all over. I still think you can improve that interior offensive line. But you know you've got the two stalwarts. Um, but I, you're right. Awehi can. I guess he can fighting for a starting position. Awehi and Charlie Heck are going to push for that swing tackle spot. Okay. So I'm going to lump these next players into one group. Anthony okay. Eclair. Farrell Brown, Chris Conley, Chris Moore. They're one group to me in that they've been here. They know the lay of the land. Coaches are very familiar with them. They're familiar with the coaches. And, again, you're rounding out the roster. You're filling out a 90-man roster here. We'll see where it goes. I believe that they will acquire more talent at each of these positions, receiver and tight end, either through the draft or free agency or both. Definitely through the draft, young players, upside, potential, but they don't have to step in day one and start for you in September when you open the season. Yeah, the great thing you got going is the fact that last year you got Nico and Brev in the in the uh, draft mm-hmm. last year, and those guys seemingly are going to pan out. Uh, I'll be brutally honest, the tight ends got to play better. The tight ends got to play better. Uh, I think that Anthony it does a decent job in run blocking. Farrell's got to be better. I'll just be honest. He's got to be better. He's got to stop the 15-yard penalty nonsense. Um, that sort of thing has got to. It's got to. It's got to improve. It really does. And whether that's with, you know, drafting a tight end that comes along and pushes. This is an interesting tight end class because it really is a lot of really athletic pass catchers, and then you've got some guys that really, man, you're going to put them at wide tight end. You're not going to throw them the football. So. 
it's kind of mixed across the board. And a wide receiver, phew, man, shut it down. There, there are dudes all over the place. You want slots. You want bigs. You want uh, multi-threat guys. You want weapon X guys. This draft at wide receiver is ridiculous. So the thing that's nice about that is you can get big receiver later. You can get a slot receiver later. You can get a weapon X later. You don't have to put a first-round pick on one of those guys. You don't even have to put a second-round pick. You could maybe get a late second, depending on what you do in the second round and what you get back in a trade potentially, or maybe the beginning of the third round. You're going to be able to find – I think a receiver or a playmaker and a tight end, and you're going to be able to find them on late round three. Uh, yeah, round three on into day three, and then you obviously have to you got to figure out the running back position because with all this free agent stuff going on, what have you done a running back? Nothing, and you have Rex and yeah, you have Scotty, and you've got Darius. Those are the three guys you have, and it was sounded from what Lovey Smith said at the combine that running back was going to be a focus in the draft. Well. Let me introduce you to one of the more versatile drafts from a running back standpoint. I I went into last year's running back class, and everybody's like, oh, the running backs aren't very good. They're kind of saying it this year a little bit, too. I think this running back class is really dynamic, and I think the Texans can come out of there with a three-down back and also a third-down back. They can get both that can complement one another in this draft, and hopefully with a number of picks, they'll be able to get both. All right, let's go to the defense here, Johnny, because actually let's do that after the break. Jeez, we can just ramble all night, can't we? It's free agency frenzy. It's going on all week long, Sports Radio 610, and, of course, here on Texans All Access, we are live. Texans Radio continues in a moment. Unjunk your sleep at Mattress Firm. For a limited time, get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase up to a $499 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America. In stock for immediate delivery with a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. 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 Texans Radio is back. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. And we're having fun here. Tracking free agency, trade watch, all of it. Reportedly another meeting scheduled for tomorrow. Johnny, I'm hoping that's the last meeting. Can we please? <laughs> can we please the meetings. make a deal? <laughs> no more meetings. No more thinking. No more churning. No more. Uh, it's been over a year Oh boy, uh, and I know I'm not in any rush to. Um, well, actually, I'm in a I'm in a rush to build this team for the future. That's how I have to put it. I know it's a process, well, and yes. I, I know that there's some attractive pieces here. I think the Laramie reported restructuring is interesting because your line's just going to be better with Laramie, yeah. and everybody being happy up front, being coached by Warhop as we move into 2022. Titus at right tackle, whatever they do in the draft. We talked about it during this show. That's cool. You mentioned running back. We still have a bit of a mystery there. We know who the quarterback's going to be. But you never know if they make one of these deals. You know, a couple of the teams that are involved in these deals, and I know the reports are that the quarterbacks wouldn't be involved that they have. But you never know until you know. So we'll see. There's a lot of we'll see going on. I get it. But that's what it is. That's why you're on the edge of your seat. That's why you're refreshing Twitter every 
few seconds. That's why you're listening to Sports Radio 610 all day, which you should be doing anyway. But that's why it's this time of year, and it's incredibly exciting. It very much is. And, look, I will be the first to admit I wish that we weren't going through this song and dance right now. I wish we could be sitting back like the Buffalo Bills or Kansas City Chiefs and just know that the quarterback is set. Here's the thing that I keep coming I keep coming back to, and I want to be very, very clear. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but mm-hmm. what if Davis is a massive hit? Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, what if that's, he's that's just, a total home run what, right there. It's a game changer if Where you got him in the draft. Hit. Yeah, where you got him in the draft. You know, I think that – it was look even if it doesn't work it was worth the shot under the circumstances yes and we're a long way from finding out if it doesn't work and i think we're a long way from finding out if it's going to work great because i think there's development here right mm-hmm. i i can't think of a better metaphor than what i came up with draft day which is you're buying the bananas green and they're going to ripen, and then you're going to enjoy them, right? Yeah. And that's what it is because he's ripening, and he did toward the end of last season, and you want to see more. I left the building week 18 after that furious second-half rally against the Titans thinking that was something. That was something right there. That was pretty good. Yeah. And yeah. you left the building thinking, got to add to it. You know, Danny Amendola had, a, what, two touchdown catches in that oh game. God, that was you got to find a way to get more – out of your receiving core and get everybody back and continue to build from there. All right, wait, we didn't comment on this. I think, and it's not a sneaky good signing, it's a solid good signing, Malik Collins. I think Desmond King is a sneaky good signing. Your thoughts on those two guys as you rebuild this defense and, well, build it further from where you had it last year, which I know statistically wasn't that great when you look at yards and points and things. But when you look at the situational stuff and the takeaways, very nice. Got to build on that. Malik is a problem inside for guys. He is a problem. And I remember seeing the very first day, like his quickness, like you could see like, whoo, boy, he is quick. The one thing that I also recognized was how strong his hands are. We were in Jacksonville, I think it was. And he, no, it was Tennessee. He snatched up Dontrell Hilliard, and Dontrell Hilliard had his face mask. It was like grabbing his face mask and pulling Malik's face mask down. So, like, his whole body was being pulled down, and Malik, with one hand, just took Hilliard and just went and just grabbed him like you would, like, your little kid. Like, you took Liam, and you just, like, and you just pulled him right down to the ground. And I was like, whoa. He's got what you want. He is – I mean, Lovey said it perfectly, and I, I felt like this during the year, and I, and I feel that way now. He is the perfect kind of player. When you think about Lovey Smith's defense, they've had that three technique, as he called it, the under technique, and it was Tommy Harris for a long time. And Malik is built like Tommy Harris. Not saying that he is Tommy Harris, but he's built like him, and he has that quickness. He has that power. I, I loved – I loved – Loved getting Malik Collins back. I think this is the right fit uh, for him. This defense is the right fit. I'm excited about Malik Collins coming back. I loved what Des King gave to them. I'll be curious if they want to keep him at corner or move him back to the nickel 
We'll see what happens. Maybe with some draft picks. There's some things that move around. Uh, but I was glad to see Desmond come back and really excited for Malik to be part of that interior with Roy Lopez, Ross Blacklock. Um, and then Kingsley Kiki, a guy we talked about last night being added to the mix, oh, probably yeah. plays the, the three technique, uh, just does it a little differently um, than uh, the other guys. He's a little bit more, I want to use the word finesse. That's not the right word to use, but he's a little lighter than the other guys. And so he's got to do it with quickness. He's got to do it getting up field. So that's going to be an interesting fit, but I'm really curious to see what Kingsley Kiki, which cost you what the end of his rookie contract. So I'm curious to see what Kingsley Kiki brings as well. Yeah. Interesting pieces. All right. When we hit the airwaves tomorrow at six, will the deal be done? The league year will have commenced 3 PM tomorrow. You want to keep it locked in on sports radio, 610 all day long and Texans all access tomorrow night at six. Eventually we'll catch up with Nick Casario. He's a little busy as you can well imagine. Thank you very much, Johnny. Thank you, Austin for producing. Have a great night, everybody. And as always go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. The Houston Texans and Schlumberger are proud to present the Houston Texans Stats Challenge, a program that makes learning math fun for sixth graders using the game of football. Over the past six years, more than 800 teachers and 230,000 students across Texas have been impacted by the Stats Challenge. Help your local sixth grade class be the next to join them. Visit HoustonTexans.com for more details and go Texans!